Today with Amazon Business, Shannon Stuckey of Walburn Woodworking helped her team buy 63 circular saws. Okay, Andy, take it easy. Now she uses her time to focus on growing something big. Buy smarter, dream bigger. Visit Amazon Business, your partner for smart business buying. Hi there, my name is Daryl Burke and it's Sunday the 22nd of October and that means it's time for a brand new episode of The Big Bark. The Big Bark, listen up dog owners, it's for you, all you canine lovers. It's your favourite podcast, The Big Bark, with your host Daryl Burke and canine co-hosts Bruno and Millie. The Big Bark. Welcome guys to another episode of The Big Bark, the show that is barking mad about your dog, where we discuss the hottest topics from the canine world. We meet with canine professionals and chat to dog owners about the bonds that make a dog man's best friend. Joining me as usual are my canine co-host Bruno and Millie floating around somewhere. They came a few minutes ago because I traced for them but then they quickly disappeared. They say a dog loves you for more than just food. Well, I don't know about that but... Speak of food, we're chatting about all things canine nutrition and the importance of a healthy diet for your dog today. And to do that, we are joined on the show by Ross Harrington of EcoPet.ie and Miss B, the dog food nerd. Guys, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you doing? Good, great to have you on. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's one I've actually been looking forward to because we get a lot of questions in about canine nutrition, so... Uh, tell us first of all a bit about Bordevi. You start. <laughs> I, I'm Ross from EcoPet.ie, and this is Miss B. Uh, we've been working on and off together for nearly 20 years now. Um, we both worked in the same pet shop um, about well, what 18, 19 years ago. We're um, and, and really from the get-go, we both really had an interest more so in dogs than, than any of the other animals in the store, uh, and particularly in food, because we were constantly bombarded by sales reps from all the different food companies trying to convince us that their food was the best. So it, it, it's something that started 20 years ago, and we've been really lucky and, and continued to use each other for information and for nerding out on dog food, as Brona would say. I took a little bit of time off to go to college for about seven years, where I did animal management, zoology, and I did a master's degree in science education. So that's why this whole thing really matters to me, because I'm actually part of the reason that we have this huge trend towards more different types of food in this country. Like when we started off, our options of what you could feed your dog was very, very limited. And we started being able to bring in these different kinds of foods. And I was doing research at the time, and now after that, I realized that there's so much more to research than what I thought I could get on the internet. So after doing all this time in college, I realized I really 
really, really was able to learn about research skills. And that was where I found the most important, was whether you find the right information or the actual accurate information, what you just want to find. Okay. So tell us then, guys, why is canine nutrition so important? And why is it so important to have your dog on a healthy diet? Um, I, I mean, there are just so many reasons, many of which go the same for us as humans as it does for our dogs. Um, but really, a dog's diet affects so many different things. It affects their health. It affects their behavior, uh, which is something over the years I've become more and more aware of is, uh, for instance, hyperactive dogs. The amount of times you speak to somebody who, who has a dog that really is hyperactive and you start delving into what the dog's being fed, and they're usually being fed some commercial off-the-shelf food that's full of unidentified cereals and byproducts okay. with added sugar into sugar. it to give it a decent flavor because the quality of the ingredients going in is so poor. And I've definitely found that people who had a hyper dog on that food and subsequently changed their diet have found a change in the behavior of the dog. Yeah. You always want to have the zoomies just because their dog has been absolutely super high and then he crashes off. Okay. So that's just what you were saying there, the different ingredients. Like, I see all these, I suppose, these what you consider nearly chemical numbers now on mm -hmm. on the back of packs of food. Like, what, what are the most dangerous of those to watch out for? Oh. BHA and BHT are the two that would really stand out to me. Uh, both of those chemicals are used as a preservative and they've both been banned in the use of human food because they're known to be carcinogenic, but for some reason they continue to allow it to be put into pet food. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, like, look, we get a lot of people asking about whether f dogs are on the right food and what you were saying about like hyperactive dogs there like and how especially a diet can actually affect a dog's behavior what else like we all know there's health risks there for for dogs uh what else can uh, like a dog sorry affect i think that's the um, and this is because there's certain things we don't even think about that are put into different foods and everyone reacts differently to different ingredients. Like some people are are, are sensitive to certain ingredients and some aren't. And it's the same for dogs. So you might have a dog that really has a slight coat that's kind of greasy, uh, very dandruffy, really itchy all the time. And you just think, nah, it's dogs. That's what they do, right? They scratch and they're kind of smelling. We know the fact that we have this, this term like smells like dog, like wet dog. My dogs, when I have dogs, they don't smell. They shouldn't smell. They they shouldn't smell all of the time. Like why people are accepting this and going, you know what, my dog stinks if he's a dog. Your dog should stink if he rolled in poo. He shouldn't stink just for existing. So for me, realistically, it's people assuming that that's just normal. I'm like, no, you can get better from your dog. Wow, okay. <laughs> yeah. And like, I suppose like just talking now, like, uh, and it's something we had uh, Kieran Sheehan on a couple of uh, weeks ago there from Mutman's Ireland. And Kieran uh, provides uh, dog poo bags to 
all the different councils all around Ireland, and I suppose that's kind of where I hope it's straight there uh, when you talk about Dogpo. Um, <laughs> like, what kind of things should you watch out for, like when it comes to when it comes to the excellence of your dog? Like, what what should you be watching out for there to know if there's something wrong with the diet? I think one of the one of the first things that's going to be very obvious to most people is back to the poo. Um, you know, one of the first signs that your dog's diet isn't agreeing with them is going to be the consistency and volume of what's coming out the other end. Um, the, the second big thing would be the, the coat, mm-hmm. uh, I, I find. if Now, having said that, some dogs' coats on really bad dog foods are amazing, and, you know, sometimes you can't explain that, but... Uh, generally mm-hmm. speaking, yeah, good genetics. Um, if the dog's coat is is poor and they're shedding excessively, uh, that'd be another big sign to me. Scratching, uh, hot spots, chewing at the feet, things like that would all be a sign that the the dog's diet isn't working for him. Okay, just come back there to shedding, like Millie. Now, like she's going to the lab, <laughs> and Mi- Millie sheds like literally nonstop all year round. Yes. I mean. <laughs> we got a an Akita Lurcher cross last year and he did his first big shed a couple of months ago and the volume of hair that came off him was incredible but because I'm speaking to people every day about these things in the time Freddie maybe took five weeks to fully lose that coat and, and stop shedding whereas a lot of people I was speaking to were saying, you know, that their dogs just never really stopped shedding. They were just, you know, it was fairly consistent all year round. Um, and that is definitely something I attribute to diet. I, I, I think as, as much hair as Freddie lost, he lost it in a very short period of time compared to most other dogs. So would you say then that, like, shedding on a continuous basis is more normal compared to like shedding all at once i think it really depends on the dog though like yes. realistically if you have a dog that's living outdoors all year round those seasons are going to affect us a lot more than it is a dog that's living indoors when we live have a dog indoors we have central heating we keep our houses around the same temperature all throughout the year which means that you're not going to be triggering that cycle to shed or to grow a thick or a thinner coat so that's a big problem is if you've got breed like a whiskey for example and they're double coated they're going to grow that extra thick coat, especially if they're outdoors. And then when it comes to summer and you bring them indoors, that's going to trigger them to shed that coat again. So it depends on the breed. It depends on what you do and how you live with your dog. And it also depends on how much you groom your dog. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Um, we have, uh, for anyone who's actually watching on Facebook or on YouTube, you can leave a comment underneath. Uh, we'll give you a shout out. Or if you have a question uh, for Ross and Miss B. Uh, feel free to just drop in the comment section on that note we're going to actually start uh, taking a few of the questions here which are in the Q&A so I'm going to add that to the stream here and okay we have quite a few questions as we usually do from uh, Zoe Zoe Louise Doyle uh, one of our big followers below in Cork Zoe loves sending in the uh, questions every week so okay uh, I think because Slido is a bit limited in the actual amount of text that can be brought up. Uh, so let's see. Um, so first of all, the first question, it uh, looks like the first three ones here are part one question. My boy Robert, uh, Robert was actually the 
run up in the nose of Tralee this year. So always, always happy to mention that one. Uh, a rescue greyhound is riddled with allergies, blood tests and elimination uh, diet proven. He's been on DIY fresh whole food diet for the past year and a half and has been thriving. Our diet is overseen by a vet who is very pleased with the results. We like to include food supplements like fresh eggs, sardines, kelp, coconut oil, uh, moringa, flax, oats, green lip mussels. My God, this dog has a better diet than I do. <laughs> oh, most uh, is, there, eat than us. is there any whole food additive supplement you would recommend? I mean, for us, when we were, we were actually talking about supplements just before we started the show, um, I'm not a huge fan of supplements, realistically, because I think that if you have your dog on the right, complete diet, you shouldn't need the supplement. I mean, I don't supplement myself, because for me, I see it as a really expensive way to, well, a really expensive week. You're just basically going to be shedding, like, that's what the body is designed for. If you take in too much of something, your body will just get rid of it in its waste product. So... Supplements for me, I just see as an opportunity to spend more money, which a lot of companies want their clients to do, but I don't like people spending money on unnecessary things. Now, this person here is concerned because obviously they have their dog on a whole food diet that they're making for themselves. Ross was really excited earlier on to see that they'd been talking about the uh, muscles, the muscles, which are absolutely amazing. And as a natural ingredient, they're just packed full of everything you could possibly want in your body. So that's something that we both really are like, yes, that's a super awesome product. Really, really great if you can find something with that in it. Um, whole eggs. And if you rotate between the different things you're adding in, like one week you're giving them extra eggs and one week you're giving them the, the lipid muscles, you're going to be making sure that overall throughout the year they're getting a lot of these extra nutrients. And if they have something that's a little bit low, it'll get you up here and there. But I wouldn't be like, forcing too much of everything good into an animal because eventually you're going to run out of money and it's nice to look after your dogs at that level but it's only great if you can keep it the same Okay. With fast funding up to $10,000 available through net credit, our online application process was designed to get the money you need quickly if approved. You can borrow an amount that meets your needs and repay in a way that works for your financial situation. And we report on-time payments to credit bureaus so you can build credit history as you repay. See what net credit can do for you today. Check your eligibility without affecting your credit score at netcredit.com. All net credit loans and lines of credit are offered by a member of the net credit family of companies or one of our lending partners. Visit netcredit.com slash partners for more information hey there you go the, the only thing i'd add in there is depending on what she's using as her protein source uh, possibly a calcium supplement unless the dog's eating a lot of bones within that diet i, I would say that would be something i'd look at adding in there yeah leave the shelf off shelves are calcium shelves are really healthy um people seem to de-shell eggs all the time for their dogs dogs aren't people they're not as sticky as dogs they will eat the shop. Okay. Well, I know, look, I know that my two, like, delete whatever you hand to them, and, like, I, I, I definitely don't think they're too fussy anyway, so. <laughs> they've never turned <laughs> down a treat, or they never turned down food off me anyway. Yeah, okay, I, so. I really don't believe in fussy dogs. People who say that their dog is fussy, I'm like, I'm sorry, but your dog is framing you. The spoilers. Um, <laughs> it's like, if you have children and they say, no, I don't want to eat my broccoli, you don't bring this in my bottles afterwards, do you? <laughs> Like, this is how you make sure an animal will become picky. Like, if it rejects its food and you turn around and give it something better, you're being trained by the dog. 
Yeah, well, Millie, if I'm going to try and just seek her to turn the camera there, uh, she's over there on the chair. Sound asleep. <laughs> she, that's, she's the princess in this house, so, like, that's her... Um, As it should be. Well, like, when when Jen's not here, that's her spot, and she, <laughs> she keeps it warm for her, so... Okay, so the next question, and we have two, three more questions from Zoe, actually. Uh, thoughts on dairy for dogs? Not really thinking standard milk, but more of the pre probiotic effects of foods such as natural yogurt, uh, kefir or goat's milk? Okay, so for me, um, I've actually been doing some research into a lot of the different things in this, and dogs genetically after, like you can see inside their body, they actually lose the ability to produce the, the, the ingredient that's needed to break down the lactose. They don't have the lactose. And they have it as puppies when they drink from their mother and they have to drink milk, but that's starts to dissipate as they become weak they're no longer able to, to, to actually digest lactic. So for me, I would avoid lactic. Anything that's dairy for animals, one of the eggs is a whole different thing. But if it came from milk and they're not a pup, I would usually avoid it. You're just asking for diarrhea. And there is other options, though, if you're looking for a prebiotic to try and make sure that the stomach is happier and healthier. You can get plant-based prebiotics, which are really good, like inulin, which is really, really, really good. It helps to keep that good bacteria nice and strong and healthy, really big populations, which will keep the tummy and the digestive system working properly. Anything else? No. No. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, so opinions on the current grain-free and DCM link argument going about. Uh, is it just all <laughs> hype or and conjecture or is there something of interest going on? Uh, well, for viewers who don't actually know what that is, will you, do you, are mm -hmm. you able to explain yes. that? Yes. Yeah, so this is dilated cardiomyopathy, which is a condition in the heart that's usually seen and they believe to be genetic in larger breed dogs. And there's been some cases where they're saying like, okay, we're getting more predominance in this condition. It's starting to pop up a lot more. Now, for me, because I obviously have done a lot of work within science, I know how publications work, and I understand how scientific research process works. At the moment, they're in the preliminary stage. They're going, hmm, something might be weird going on here. Um, but they don't actually have, they haven't done a full massive study that has all of the numbers that you would need to be able to say this is significant, like statistically significant. So there is concern there about the fact that there are these changes and what's going on with this disease, and it's popping up in new breeds. But we also have a problem with more people are actually choosing vets. I mean, if you went back 60 years ago, most people wouldn't have brought their dog to a vet, realistically, at all. So we have extra reporting, but we also have this change in diet that hasn't really happened before where we're starting to try and give our dogs better, better quality protein, more protein, whereas the grain-free option. And these are all really, really great foods. It's finding the right one for your dog. Not every dog needs to be on a grain-free diet. So if you are concerned and you have properties, you don't need to be on a grain-free diet unless your dog is showing problems with grain foods. Ross was doing a little bit more research on this today as well. And the studies that they have done at the moment, the numbers are actually really low. And a lot of the things that we've seen are obviously associated. Like we have a grain-free diet. What happens is that you can't actually get that food to stick together. And a lot of people don't realize that the way that food is made is really important when you consider what ingredients put into it. So if you have, for example, an extruded food, which is like nearly every food on the yeah, market. Yeah, I'd say 95% of dog foods on the market are extruded. Yeah, so if they're extruded, what that is, extruded is basically, basically a starch machine. So if you take the starch, the grain, out of the food and you just have loads of meat, when you heat that and try and make it into a nice little neat kibble, 
it doesn't bind together. So they have to replace that, that binding process with something else. Or if you want to go grain free, you go with a cold press food that doesn't expect or need starches to hold the kibble together. So it really depends on what type of food you want, what your dog actually needs, and then finding the right one that provides that. Okay. Something's going on with Slido here. It won't let me just click on to the next question, so I'm going to have to manually move it. Uh, yeah. Okay, so sorry's last question. Royal Canine breed specific foods. American and gimmick. Uh, I di- ingredients seem identical. Only external difference seems to be the kibble shape. Yeah, so this is something that's been around since I first entered the pet trade, you know, 20 years ago. And if you read the ingredient list on the bags, they seem to be virtually identical. I think the only excuse for having specific foods would be if your dog really can't manage a bigger biscuit and you need to go with a smaller bite biscuit. But even then, I've seen the smallest chihuahuas in the world eating reasonably big dog biscuits. And I think having the dog needing to work a little for its food and having to put in a bit of effort into thoroughly chewing biscuits, if, if, if that's the option you're going with, there's, there's no harm in that. In fact, I think it's adding something to the, the dog's diet by having to put in that effort. So I would definitely be on the side of it's a marketing gimmick. All about your dog. It will pick perfectly for you. I actually went in and tested this on my hypothetical imaginary dog that I was saying that I had. And I picked out lots of different conditions each time I went in. And every time the food that they gave me had the exact same ingredients list. But what they were doing was sort of picking out the ingredients that was in that standard food and drawing attention to it, depending on what what answer I had given. So when I said that my dog was having problems with digestion, they were like, okay, don't worry, everything's okay. And I was like, okay, cool. So then when I said our dog was having skin problems and went back to do the exact same quiz, they gave me another food, the exact same ingredients list, but they drew attention to the ingredients within that food that covered the problems I was concerned with. So a lot of it is just marketing. They're telling you, oh, well, it's for your dog. Oh, you really want to feel special? You have a Rottweiler? Fantastic. That's amazing. Here's a Rottweiler food because obviously you're going to buy it because it has a Rottweiler on the back. It's just a way to make people feel more connected with their food. A lot of the time it's the same and they're just going attention okay like to be honest i'd probably be the same opinion myself like i see like you go into your bigger pet stores you see these like breed these foods for different breeds and like just the price of them compared to like even just the actual standard i suppose uh selection that the same like brand would have it's it's crazy like and it's definitely like this is specific for your breed so we can charge you that much more money Mm-hmm. Yes. You're paying for the bag. Yeah. It's okay. So we'll move on. Uh, the next question here. My vet is saying I should change my dog's food as it is grain free. I have an 8 kilo Yorkie. I use Aldi dry food mixed with wet tin food. What should I change? To? Well, so it would seem that the vet has probably highlighted the um, cardiomyopathy again here with the with the grain free. Um, what I would go back to is have a have a good look at the food. I'm a big fan of grain free food, and I personally just don't see the link in the numbers they're talking about 
in these reports just to give anybody who's not kind of reading the stupidly long documents like we are on this they're talking about less than 600 dogs out of millions and millions of dogs it's less than 600 they're basing this on the amount of things that have changed in the dog food world over the last 15 years especially I just don't see how they're correlating it to this. The other thing that's come out recently is they're a bit more convinced it's the legumes in the food, which is beans and pulses. Um, They seem to think there's more of a link with excess quantities of those being used in the food. So if you're very concerned um, with the grain-free food, start looking closer at the ingredient list and maybe choose something with less legumes in the food Um, she's using Aldi dry mixed food with wet tinned food Um, I'd have a good look at the wet tinned food Um, I'm not a huge fan of tinned food there are some good ones out there I would again very thoroughly read the ingredient list Uh, with the grain free feeding dry food I always say to people, go towards a cold-pressed food. Grain-free food really shouldn't be cooked in an extruder like other dog food. They're simply doing that because they have the equipment on hand. So if you want to stick with grain-free, I'm all for it, but I would definitely be be looking at cold-pressed ones um, or certainly people who are making an effort not to just chuck it in an old extruder machine and pump it out the same way they've been producing other dog foods. Yeah, like the extruding method actually started from what, the 1960s? Just the 1950s, 1960s, around World War II, because of the fact that they needed to find a way to make food that wasn't going into a cap. So dog food started off being horse meat in a metal pan, and then when World War II came along and they had to start rationing metal so that they could make bullets and stuff, um, they actually made a ban saying you can't use metal to put food for dogs in. No more, it's not gonna happen. So that's when the extruding machine came out and that's when it was invented, to try and find a way to make another food that didn't need to be stored in a can. Um, so what they did was they went, okay, well, what do we have left over at the factory? We have loads and loads of the weird meat that nobody else wants to eat. So all the leftovers on the floor of the slaughterhouse, all of the bad quality corn, wheat, grain, all of these things, anything that people wouldn't eat, they just put it all into a mix, smushed it up and put it into an extruder. That was a starch cooking machine that made it turn into this puffed up little kibble and it was light and full of, full of nutrition, so it was ideal. But the thing is now we're asking for food to be made out of better quality stuff than we find left over from human use. And we want to have better quality, we want to have ethical meat, we want to have stuff that we can trace and go. For me, if it said various meat and animal derivatives, I'm like, does that mean at some point in the past it might be part of some animal and that's not good enough for me i want to know what animal if your dog has allergies how are you supposed to know what meat is causing a problem if you don't even know what animals were put into it so that's where my problem is okay very good yeah um i think it's always important to know what's in the dog's food like i i i'll admit uh, like the two dogs here used to be on like a really cheap kind of like sick and warm brown food as well I've recently switched them uh, to, I don't even know what on now, it's the fault of the sauce most of it. But, um, like, I even know there's, like, a difference in, I say, the shines on their coats as well. Like, so it's, you like what you were saying earlier, like, you can really notice 
things like this and I I was always told it had a great shine anyway but like now it's like I can like barely see myself while I look at them it's like it's nearly blind to me but yeah like the dog okay. that I have on my website she used to be the most shiny creature on the planet people used to stop me all the time and be like what do you use to wash your dog and I'm like this dog has not been washed ever she has been hosed down into stables once or twice that shine is because she's eating the right food and that's the thing you are what you eat if you if you eat great food, you shouldn't look terrible. You should look great. I mean, when I first got her, she had dandruff. She was too skinny. Her ribs were everywhere. It was awful to see. And I was like, no, we're going to fix this. So, you are what you eat. That's very true. And I'm, I've been eating, I suppose, during lockdown, a lot of takeaways. So, that <laughs> oh, kind I of explains. <laughs> Me and Ross were saying, like, we look after animals better than we do. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and your first wager is risk-free, up to $1,000. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. When you shop at a Walmart Vision Center, you get it. You know that you'll spend a little less on stylish glasses for the whole family. Welcome to the Vision Center. Let me know if you need help finding the perfect frame. Hey, Mom, you were right. These glasses are cool. Hun, they take our insurance. That means Papa's getting a new pair, too. Whoa, glasses start at just $39. Next stop, groceries. So you can get a little more of what you need. Find a Vision Center near you. Save money, live better. Walmart ourselves i mean i would do very well if i went onto a grain-free diet with no bread and no pizza no cake none of these things i'd be looking fantastic but you know pizza. lockdown let's just play lockdown, <laughs> lockdown. <laughs> all right so how... we can control our dog's food <laughs> exactly all right so how much should i feed my dog i have an eight month old bernie's mountain dog cross with a rottweiler my god that dog must be huge it's gonna be huge <laughs> it's yes. gonna be a big dog out yeah, it'll eat a lot. The thing is, um, I mean, Ross, would you agree? We can't actually answer that question without seeing the dog, um, without weighing the dog, and without seeing more information. Every what dog are you is feeding different. the dog? How active is the dog? We actually hate feeding guides on bags of dog food because they're yeah. so inaccurate. Yeah. Uh, it really, it's, it's one of those things you've got to feel about yourself. Use the feeding guide on whatever food you're using as a rough measure. Um, and again, the volume of poop coming out the other end is going to be the biggest indicator. If you've got a lot of poop coming out, you're probably overfeeding. Luckily enough, with puppies, they tend to just get rid of any excess you give them. Um, but it's still a good idea for your wallet to to start cutting back if you think there's too much coming out. Um, but yeah, without knowing the dog, its activity levels and what they're feeding it, it's very difficult to answer. You need to make sure you read them really clearly because what they're usually asking you to do is to estimate the weight your dog will be at an adult. So if you're feeding the dog a puppy on the sideline, but it's saying this is what the estimated adult weight is, but you're doing it for the weight they are now, you're going to be massively underfeeding that book. So you need to make sure that you are giving the right amount of food, otherwise you're Last thing you want is a malnourished puppy. They're growing. I mean, they need a lot of food. Um, but just make sure that you read it very specifically and you make sure that they're talking about the adult weight 
And when you've got a mixed breed like this of all five breeds, it's difficult to estimate what the actual full size is going to be. You just have to make an educated guess. But the same thing is if you have people that you're buying your food from that are actually a small company and you can just go, hi, help, talk to me. You should be able to talk to somebody about the food that you want to be putting your dog onto. And that's something that annoys me. If you go to, if you're on, a, will we say a name? I don't know. A random big name brand <laughs> of food, right? You can't call someone and be like, I don't know. If it's, there's no one you can call. You can't go into Tesco and be like, I'd like to talk to the rep for this food. Smaller companies, make sure that you can talk to someone. Make sure that you trust them. Make sure that you can go, well, is the meat in this? ethically sourced is it from some weird place where we don't know where it is like no it's like find something you trust in. okay uh let's see uh next question coming in here do you ever do cooking demonstrations online for pet treats i think that would be a very in i don't know if that's like aimed I, at me or at you but like i mean realistically i can't see ross doing it um but i really like baking and cooking and things like that and then i have my blog so you never know what i might do when i get bored yeah, I, it's something that I have been asked before, like, uh, if it would be something we do on the show. Um, not really sure how, but sure, look, it could be something we look into down the line. Let's but... come back to that one in the future. Yeah, I believe it will be really messy and really funny, so it's okay. Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, so, this is a strange one. Um, is it okay if my dog eats my cat's food? This is something that comes up more often than you think. <laughs> Dogs are monsters. They'll eat anything. Yeah. It's okay if the dog is stealing some cat food. It's, it's not something you need to worry about if your dog consumes some of the cat's food. Um, if somebody is asking, is it okay to feed my dog cat food? The answer is no. <laughs> yeah. Cat food's about double the price per kilo. <laughs> Realistically, it's not that bad. It's just uh, really expensive. <laughs> the, the short answer, cat food is not poisonous to dogs. Yes. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, I know Bruno likes to try and... We have two cats out at my dad's house next door. And Bruno likes to try and steal our food. But it's kind of... Well, yeah, he's fed, he's, he's fed enough, like, but... Um, okay, so just a reminder to our viewers who are tuning in on YouTube or Facebook... Feel free to leave your comments. We'll give you a shout out. Uh, Lydia here is tuning in uh, from up in Boyle, I believe. In Lydia's in Boyle and Roscommon, or is it uh, somewhere of that, gen that general direction anyway? Uh, Lydia, hi. Thanks for tuning in. You tune in most weeks, so uh, thanks again for tuning in this week. And if you have any questions, pop them into the comment section. Uh, okay, we'll move on to the next question there. Should my dog eat the same food that I do? They get plenty of scraps. And what are the downsides here? Um, I don't have an issue with people feeding their dogs scraps. It's better than the food going in the bin, provided you do make yourself aware of the things on your dinner plate that your dog shouldn't have. Mm. So top of the list are things like onions, avocados, grapes, chocolate. Uh, 
raisins. Sultanas and raisins also being grapes. Yeah, coming up to Christmas, that's something that's usually hanging around in, in large quantities. Um, you know, any spare meat or root vegetables that you've got left over, yeah, absolutely give it to the dog. Just remember to reduce anything else you're feeding them. It's also a good idea to not mix that food with their dry biscuits unless they're being fed a cold-pressed food as it has a different digestion rate. So if you throw all of that cooked food onto a, an extruded kibble and the dog eats it together, that mix is going to try and digest at two separate rates and isn't great for them. Uh, but print out a list. There's loads of little tick lists online of the stuff that you eat that's not good for your dog make yourself familiar with that and avoid those things yeah. and like you mentioned there especially in the run up to christmas um like mm -hmm. we forget what's on our plate it's not always good for our dogs yeah, yeah. christmas cake is the biggest danger christmas cake and christmas pudding because it smells delicious it comes in huge quantities but it's got so much raisins and sultanas packed into it and it's the only time of year dogs are going to come across that toxic level. Yeah. chocolate as well be aware of the selection boxes Okay, a question just came in there on Facebook from Lydia there. How do you know if a dog is eating the right quantity for its size? Hi, Lydia. You take this one. <laughs> I take this one. Um, I hate to keep bringing up poop. It seems like it's all I'm talking. Everything's about poop. <laughs> Everything's about poop. Um, the volume of poop coming out, as I said, use the feeding guide as a very rough guide. But I usually find that the feeding guides overestimate the amount of food the dog needs, especially on the higher end brands. Um, so, you know, as I say, if you're worried you're overfeeding the dog, cut the intake back by 10% for a couple of weeks. And if you notice the dog's weight dropping off, then you've probably lowered the amount too much. And if the dog's weight maintains the same, keep going with that quantity or reduce it a tiny bit further after a couple of weeks. Yeah, if you're not seeing any problems, don't change it. Yeah. Okay, uh, the next question comes in from Deirdre, I believe. Uh, Deirdre says, I'm vegan and I want my dog to be too. People tell me this is a bad idea because dogs naturally love meat. What's your take on this? Brown will take this one. Okay, so, <laughs> so are not on the side of a carnivore than on the Okay? In my opinion, dogs need to be eating a protein that is animal-based because a, a plant-based protein is more difficult to digest. It takes longer to digest to get the nutrition out of it. And dogs don't have a really long digestive system like a herbivore would have in order to process, process that type of protein. It's just not designed for them. And as much as it's a lovely, honourable way to decide to try and look after our planet to go vegan for yourself, it's not really right for what your dog needs. But amazing answer is there is another option. There is a happy compromise, in our opinion, to going vegan or vegetarian. I, mean, I have a lot of vegetarian vegan friends, so does Ross. We would see this often, and we're like, look, if you want to save the planet, that's great. Just not for your dog in that way. We have found a food that is actually using an insect. And I'm sure a lot of you guys have probably heard of insects being the next big thing in food. And it's what we're going to be eating in the future because it's a really, really great way to get protein. What's even better is it's actually sometimes a better quality protein. There's more amino acids in the black soldier fly larva that we use in the food that we sell, right? Way more amino acids than there is in beef. And it takes 
10% of the energy used to create beef protein. You get 10 times the volume of better quality protein. I mean, the planet is saying yes. So if realistically we know that we can make protein in this way, we know humans are going to be picky about it. We're going to be like, eh, that's gross. I'm not going to eat it. Animals aren't that picky. The first thing we can do is we can make a huge amount of protein that we need to feed our livestock and our pets come from a more environmentally sustainable world. And then eventually we might catch up and start using them as well. But we can cut a huge amount of produce use out of the agricultural system if we can move our animals onto something that they're going to be less picky about. And it turns out it's better for them. And what's even more amazing is that there's no antibiotics at all used in the, in the production of it because you have to you have to medicate your livestock animals to prevent them from getting sick. You don't with insects. Insects have been on this planet for millions of years, not getting diseases. They're really, really, really strong, which is amazing. And then you've also got the fact that you're using less uh, everything, greenhouse gases, everything is much better for the planet. It works out better for you. I mean, win-win. You're going to make sure that the planet's looked after, your dog's getting the right ingredients, and you don't have to worry about it being livestock, cattle, sheep, which is the highest of carbon footprint. Sound good? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a new one. I know a lot of people haven't heard of the insect-based protein foods for dogs. It's a new option. We've got some really, really, really nice research that's gone along with this, um, and it made us feel, well, do you know what? That's a really great option, and we really like to try it out. And the dogs that we've had trying it have been... Well, they treat the food like treats rather than food. And that's usually a good sign for us. Okay. Now, I think the next two questions here, just look at them. They're kind of, they've already been answered from what you were talking about mm. earlier on the show. Uh, recommended supplements. And then the other one is uh, what to watch out for on in terms of ingredients on the back. So I think we'll skip those two because those have already been answered earlier on. And okay, uh, let's see. I hear garlic is very good for dogs. Is this true? And what does it help us? Yes, that is true. Garlic is uh, does have a lot of health benefits. Um, it's anti-parasitic. It tends to keep away fleas, mites. Uh, it's not a magic cure, but th there is a lot of scientific evidence that says that it is beneficial. I have to be responsible and add in here, though, that too much garlic does have a toxic effect on dogs. Um, don't quote me on this, but I, I think the last time I looked into it, they said that depending on the dog's weight, it ha would have to consume approximately six raw cloves of garlic for it to be a toxic dose. So add in a, a clove of garlic into there are half a clove of garlic into your dog's meal every few days. It should be very safe to do. Yeah. They can handle different amounts. So, um, garlic can be great. Like I know that it's used really heavily in in foods for horses, for example. Helps to keep flies away. Um, garlic is a pretty magic ingredient. Um, I just think that a lot of the time, then, if you have your dog on a balanced, complete diet, you shouldn't need to add these things. And realistically, do we want to have dogs with garlic breath? Because like that's going to be smellier than the normal dog breath. Give them parsley. Fair enough. Okay, so let's see. Uh, I think we can answer this one too earlier on. Uh, I think my Labrador might have a food allergy to own brand foods. Any signs to watch out for? Ross, you mentioned hot spots earlier on and like shedding and their yeah. coat. And, so they're the yeah. main things uh, to really watch out for, yeah. There's, yeah, they're the main things. Being itchy, uh, having bad stools. Um, she's saying what to look out for. Again, read the ingredient list on the back of the food. Don't fall for the pretty bag. 
read the ingredient list and, and read it thoroughly. If, if, if the first few ingredients aren't like good quality named product, move on to the next one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next question. What is considered overweight for a dog? My beagle is 15 kilos. Is this heavy? He's not very tall. That's another one that without seeing the dog is, is very difficult to answer. The general rule of thumb seems to be that when the dog turns sideways, you should be able to just make out the last two ribs. Okay. Uh, let's see. You're in trouble. Yeah, if you can't see the ribs when the dog turns, he needs to lose a couple of pounds. Yeah. Okay. That's a good one because like that would apply like obviously like not just to that situation but to all dogs as well like and let's see uh okay so there's been a major push towards raw based diets in recent years what's your take on this i feed my dog raw meat diet but should they have uh veg and grain as well yeah as brona mentioned uh recently they're not dogs are not obligate carnivores like cats they do require carbohydrates uh yes grain and veg is 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 great stick with root vegetables carrots small quantities of peas sweet potatoes anything like that i would definitely add in the other thing is when you really start speaking to people about this gently cooked food releases more nutrition than raw food um and there's less risk there's you know pathogen risk with feeding raw um not so much for the dog more so for the people in the household if your dog is eating raw meat and then licking your face like most dogs do um, there's a risk there I, I personally I wouldn't feed raw it, it just doesn't make sense to me to do it but I know a lot of people swear by it but I would say maybe look at gently cooking the food instead of feeding it raw I find that a lot of it's coming from pressure from other pet owners they're like well I made this my pet how much effort have you made for yours and i know that i see it the same with with pet parents and with human parents it's a lot of like well i have the time to do this what are you doing with your time and i'm like well i'm sitting on the sofa cuddling my dog when i have time to do it so <laughs> i would rather spend time cooking with my dog than have to spend like i mean more time making his meals than i do make my own um, and i think a lot of it comes down to the fact that we don't have the time to sit down and make a homemade meal for ourselves let alone our pets every day you're better off finding something that's going to be sustainable that you can keep off long and that you can afford as well. But if you do do roll, then that's awesome. I mean, you're a better. <laughs> like, you spend you more, more time. time than I yeah, you go like way more time than you have than I do. Um, it is wonderful to be able to do that, but not everyone can. Okay. Uh, this last question here now comes back a bit to like what we mentioned about like. Uh, and so his question about like the hills food and all that uh, why are foods that you get in vets or science based foods so expensive what's so special about these compared to off the shelf brands you are paying for science like you are literally like as a person who went through the whole system of science and I know how, what goes into this you are paying for science to spend four years working on a project in a lab working on these things like science like when I read some of the, the research out of science plan, um, and brands like that they have animals doing tests they actually have scientists giving them different diets and actually tracking it over a long period of time to make sure that yes dog nutrition needs this but the thing is we've known what dogs need for an enormous amount of time 
it's printed in a lot of veterinary journals. It's printed all online. This is the research that everyone is using. It's just that Science Plan and other companies are actually paying for that science to go through at the moment. They've got entire labs. They've got entire facilities. That is really expensive. I mean, as a person who wishes they had done a PhD at one point, I realized that I didn't have the money for it because being a scientist is crazy expensive. Research is super, super, super expensive. It takes a huge amount of research to do any of these things because obviously Science Plan are making their prescription diet. And that's something that we can't we can't replicate. If a dog needs medicine, that is something that needs to be scientifically researched. But if a dog just needs food, we don't need to continue doing constant, constant research on that. We just need to give the good food that comes from good quality ingredients with good ethics so that we can feel good sleeping at night. Okay, well, that's the end of the Q&A. Thanks for <laughs> taking that, guys. Uh, there was actually quite a lot of questions there. Um, Great questions. Yeah, we didn't actually have many questions last week. Uh, show last week was on, like, uh, I suppose, like, dealing with grief and loss uh, of a dog. Mm-hmm. And it, it was quite, like, a really sad topic. So I think like, oh. a lot of people didn't want to send in questions on that. Well, look, we're going to move on because um, I mentioned before the show. Oh, God, there was my headphones. Uh, <laughs> I My wireless ones actually broke me during the week, so I need to get new ones. Wow. Um, but I mentioned before the show, a brilliant, what looks, I checked out the first five, ten minutes of it, a brilliant show that is just out starting on Amazon Prime video uh, called The Pack. It's um, following 12 dogs and their humans taking part in different ventures, being travelled all over the world by Amazon. And I'm going to actually play the trailer now. I don't know if this breaches copyright stuff or anything, but I, I really <laughs> We're promoting it. We're giving them free advertisement. This is just brilliant to watch. So take a look at this. She's just a heaven sent dog. He's my best friend in the whole world, and I'm really happy to be doing this with him. Never in a million years did I think I'd be able to travel the world with my dog. Vaughn. I'm a gold medalist, but my real love is Leo, Bear, and Lucy. In this competition, dogs and their partners are teammates on the most thrilling adventure of their lives. Here we go! This is what me and Derby live for. Griffin is a badass. He's gonna come out in this competition. I need to win today. He's just cool as a cucumber. He's sleeping right now. He's like straight up asleep. Yo, you wanna meet me in the east? Yeah. Yo, you wanna meet me in the west? Yeah. Yo, you wanna meet me on the block? Yeah. Yo, you wanna meet me at the spot? Okay. Think that I'll keep loving you way past 65. This is a life that I thought I'd never have with a dog by my side. <laughs> I was getting deep, dude. That's, the way it is. That's what the pack is all about. That love and affection and bond that you have with your dog. There's no greater feeling than that. I can't believe I'm doing this with my dog. I am so ready to get this adventure started. You are my best friend and we've got some things to do. Look at this. This is what it's like working on a studio. <laughs> now, 
Wow, that just looks. I I watched the first five minutes of it, and it just looks absolutely incredible. Yeah, I have decided. Yeah, I've decided which dogs I want to steal, so I'm done. Okay, well that's good. Yeah. There's actually another new. Um, it's a new documentary out on Netflix. Uh, there lately called Dogs as well. It's following. Uh, I, I think it's following a series of different dogs, like uh, rescue dogs, and dogs who became guide dogs and assistance dogs. So. That's one that I must actually watch as well. I watched kind of half the first episode and was nearly crying, so I was like, nope, not doing this for now, boy. Yep. But that one now looks incredible, and like there's a cash prize for the winner of, I think it's $500,000, and they're also donating $250,000 to their winner's chosen charity. See, that part uh, is awesome. I saw that lady and I was like, she looks really rich. Can I have her money? Um, but yeah, if they're giving the money to charity to the dog rescues, that's, a, that's kind of amazing. And they're making good TV out of it at the same time. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I'm going to, we're nearly out of time, so I'm going to quickly talk about next Sunday. As all of you know, next Sunday is the big festive event called All I Wolf for Christmas. And Yay! you guys are going to be joining us. Yep. You're going to be yeah. uh, telling us. Tell us all about your own products. And that's the idea of it. We're bringing together a load of different Irish pet companies and businesses and trying to find out what products they offer to pet owners. The whole idea of it is shop local, buy Irish this year. We have live music. We have a big raffle on today. So far we have over 25... Let me just get an idea. We have over 25 prizes. Uh, hopefully that will get up to around 30 prizes by Wednesday I'm going to be giving out the full list of prizes on Wednesday uh, we're going to have not just pet prizes we're going to have uh, wine we're going to have hampers we have a few of the big retailers in Ireland coming behind us for this as well so I'll have more details on that during the week uh, let's see so that's happening Wednesday we have our uh, set nearly built first and uh, that's going to be in the studio inside uh set up by hopefully Tuesday and that's the one I'm really looking forward to actually showing as well um, so what we're doing as well is just before next week what we're looking for is dog owners to submit actually even pet owners to submit pictures of their pets uh, dressed up in their Christmas in their Christmas clothes because we want to actually use that for the intro video for the special show next week Raffle tickets are selling very well, but we do expect them to sell out before the event itself. And we have an optional donation on the cash if people are feeling very generous. I want to thank everyone so far who has bought tickets and who has offered prizes for the raffle as well. And I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, we have four actual music acts signed up for this as well. So it's going to be a bit of, like, it really is going to be like the toy show for ducks. And on the same weekend as the toy show. <laughs> well, do you know it's it's interesting. I found out yesterday we are going to lose, I believe, a number of our Limerick and our uh, Galway viewers, but uh, we are losing them because of the fact that the Galway Limerick uh, semi final is next week. Oh, so okay, at, the sports. At, at, the sports, yeah, at the same time. So. Sports. Sports ball. I know that. Yeah, so overall, uh, it's going to be a really fun show. Really looking forward to it. Yeah, um, so that's about all really for this week. And guys, look, thanks again so Thank much you. for. 
thanks for joining me and thank you for t- doing the Q&A really okay. really happy that you were both on and hope to have you I'll see you next week anyway and hopefully have you on again for another episode in the new year again oh I can't wait Dara if, uh, if anyone's interested in getting some samples they can go to the website ecopet.ie and we'll send out some free samples and if anyone wants to put an order through Big Bark 5 discount code for anybody who comes from, from here. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay, that's great, guys. Uh, okay, so that's all for today's episode of the Big Bark. Thanks for listening. Thanks and thank you to Ross and Miss B for joining me today. Uh, thanks to everyone who sent in all their questions. And thanks to you guys for doing the Q&A and for sharing your own tips. So... Let's see, next week, as I said, all I want for Christmas, get your raffle tickets while you still can. And we're super excited about so much to do this week. It's going to be all go, go, go. Uh, But we're looking forward to the showcase anyway. And, okay, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Spotify so you never miss an episode. Plus, we're on Patreon now. So if you enjoyed this episode, head on over and support us by becoming a patron of the show. And 20% of your fee will go to our Animal Welfare Fund to be distributed among different animal charities throughout Ireland. Check us out on social media. You'll find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We want to do TikTok, but we haven't got there yet, so maybe in the new year. Uh, you'll find the links in our bio, and from all of us here, have a safe and a bark and mad week, and we'll chat to you next episode. The Big Bark, listen up dog owners, is for you, all you canine love. Your favorite podcast, The Big Bark, with your host, Dara Burke, and canine co-hosts, Bruno and Millie, The Big Bark. G3 Assistance through Virginia's Community Colleges is your pathway to a new future, helping those who qualify pay for school and train for the right career. Right where you are, right now. Get a skill. Get a job. Get ahead. You can learn more at virginiag3.com.